0: hello and welcome to the blackout podcast where i get to talk to amazing people who do amazing things and today yeah, I'm glad this is finally happening. now. <laughs> yes. I have lumen. So, like you, you run a circus. You you do fire eating. You do flow, yeah. and then you also like a a mortician. Yes. <laughs> oh my God, you have all this. Anyway, thanks for coming to the podcast today. Of course, today. no worries. So I don't know where. Let's start with the one that's just like so. As human beings, because death is so final. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna start with that one. Why do you why would anybody <laughs> decide to be a mortician? But why would you specifically?
1: Um, I get this question a lot. Even I just like the other day posted about something, and basically for me, it's end of like after death care. Like a lot of people get very awkward and they get very like freaked out over death. And for me, it's just like giving people the time to grieve and helping families through that grievance. And like giving the bodies the respect that they deserve, giving someone's loved one the respect that they deserve, and giving them the after-death care.
0: Mm. What made you decide to go down that path?
1: Um, kind of a sad story. My brother died in two thousand sixteen, and I had another younger brother die when I was about five or six. And it just like my second brother, his—I was a little bit older, obviously. It happened about six years ago, but his funeral was really good for my healing process like we had his like snowboards there we had all of it like he was a snowboarder he was a BMXer. like everything he did he loved life and he lived life to the fullest and i get a lot of my traits from him i guess but yeah just like going through that and now i'm able to help people through what i went through
0: mm. Yeah. Mm. wow <laughs> okay so 2016 when did you decide to
1: Um I decided to do yeah I've decided to basically 2016. Oh right 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 away. Oh so like
0: did you start doing it or no
1: um so I actually just um went to my so I applied last year. I just did my 40 hours. So to be a funeral director, you have to do a 40 hour apprenticeship through um a funeral home. And I just did my 40 hours back in March and the other day they actually offered me a full-time position so i start there august 7th as a full-time embalmer
0: okay let's rewind a little bit so funeral director what does that entail and What did you have to do for those 40 hours?
1: Um, So basically, as a funeral director, I will be directing the funerals, I'll be meeting with families, I'll be um, guiding them through the funeral process, I'll be preparing their loved one after we talk about the funeral process. Mm. And to do, in my 40 hours, I was actually very lucky, I got in with Arbor Memorial in Dartmouth and they're a very, very busy funeral home. And I, basically my first day, (laughs) I know, I know. Basically my first day, I was in back with the loved ones and i was helping prepare the bodies and i was i helped embalm a couple a couple loved ones and yeah i, I met with a couple families and that's what i'll be doing as my career
0: <laughs> so what was this typical meeting like do you what, what so someone comes and says okay x is dead what yeah. happens
1: so basically what happens um some your, your loved one passes away you come in you meet with us there's actually a very big like room that you meet in it's very like like calming, and you basically kind of go through the funeral process with them. So they can choose what casket they want. They can choose if they want to be embalmed or cremated. They can can choose nothing. They can even choose if they don't want them to be embalmed, then you can just do like a closed casket. So basically meeting with them to get the process of how they want their loved one to be moved on.
0: So... Are there, like, legal things you need to know?
1: Definitely, yeah, definitely. So basically, with that process, it's, um, you have to have the immediate next of kin. And you can even, these you are know, with people's loved ones, a lot of the time when they are older people as well, they will all, they will have something in place that they already want done. So, like, I can't really specify too much with certain people that I've met with, but, like, I ha- I had a funeral one of my last days, and they actually got a bear, and they put their loved one's ashes in the bear, and then the bear came with them to, like, they can rent limos for, like, their um, funeral. And the bear actually came in the limo with the family, and then they had the bear at the funeral, and the bear was kind of, like, the main focus. Even though their loved one was passed on, it was almost, like, in the, in the bear still. The yeah. person was still yeah. there. Wow. Yeah.
0: And um, so, like... Oh, that's the other thing here. You have, like, what, six, seven... However long winter is, <laughs> yeah. you can do nothing there. Well, at least burying yeah. people.
1: So you actually, um, and when you embalm someone, they can be embalmed and live, like live in the prep room for up to ten years, like they can without
0: be Without smelling. Yeah,
1: yeah, without like without their body, like so when you get embalmed, do
0: you have to like um, refill stuff for it. no, once it's, no, done, once it's, it's done? done,
1: it's done. Basically, the embalming process, you. When someone comes in the prep room you um basically you take a lotion you put it on their body so it stops them from um drying up and then once they're on this prep table you cover them you give them a dignity cloth so you cover them up to make sure they have the dignity after death and basically you you take their blood out <laughs> i know this is kind of like deep but you take their blood out you drain it out and then you um put embalming fluid back in so one it's actually kind of a, a beautiful to like, see but they look like the same person. Like, I've seen people come in that obviously were passed on for a while, and once you put that embalming fluid back in, they look like they are still, like, from just passing on, like... Yeah, it's pretty interesting stuff. <laughs> wow, how yeah. long
0: does that process take?
1: Um, the embalming process—it all depends how good you are. I actually, there's a girl that works at the funeral home I'll be working at, and she just started two years ago, and she's so quick. Like, I one of my first days, like working with the bodies with her, um, she was able to prep a body and prepare the loved one in like maybe two hours. Because if someone... Is it like
0: street? Do to take or Um,
1: she didn't. She was just on it. She was just going, yeah. Because she was all, all, like teaching us too. So oh. yeah, so she did everything. And like there is someone that... Um, I can't, obviously, I can't say too much about yes, what I've seen. Yes, but yes. there was someone that was autopsied. And there's a different process that goes along with that. So you basically have their organs in a bag and you put it in a fluid that hardens it and then you put it back inside them and they get buried with their organs back inside them.
0: So if the thing keeps the person kind of like that for (laughs) 10 years... Do they mean, does it mean if they're now put in the ground, if you open it up, they'll still look like that in 10 years? They will
1: look like that in 10 years. There's actually... What? Yeah, they will. <laughs> they'll look like that in 10 years. Yeah, it, it, it's it's crazy to see. Like, I saw like saw someone that was, yeah, that was in the room because their family was from away. And they looked the same. They look like the same person. Like huh. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, even if they're in the ground and, and like...
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> anyway, so I mean, I me mean, now that you're studying full time, yep. What yep. What will that? Involve? So it's
1: going to be a lot of a workload for me because originally I was just going to be studying for the two years, but I was offered a full time job with them. So I'll be working there forty hours a week, and then I'll be also doing my schooling on top of that. So it's going to be full full workload for me because
0: schooling. I'll, um,
1: I go to the NSCC for the school. So, it's so a, what
0: is this? what is the course?
1: It's called Funeral and Allied Services. Allied, allied, yeah, yeah.
0: So it's like an allied health. What services. are some things will you learn in this course? So I'll
1: be learning the embalming. I'll be learning like the anatomy of the body because like to obviously whenever you uh, like when you embalm someone, you have to know where the arteries are. You can't like stick something in like the wrong artery or like because you don't want them to bleed. Like because like, when someone passes away, people think rigor mortis stays forever, but rigor mortis only stays for the first. I think it's. Like I said, I haven't gone to school yet, (laughs) but it only stays for the first, I think it's 10 hours. And then after that, their body is like kind of like a limp how we would be. Um, So you have to make sure you stick it in the right artery. You have to like put it in the right spot. And sometimes with people, if they pass away, just say they pass away in water or they pass away and things like that, your body will kind of like um, bloat a little bit. So you need to make sure you're putting it in the right artery to make sure that they don't bleed out completely. Cause you want to do it, you want it to do it on the table and you want it to have it like in that process. How
0: do you handle this smell though? Cause
1: before that happens, right? You know, before you do the embalming, It's almost like you have to train yourself. I actually like, it was, it was a little bit of a shock. Like my first, cause like with your 40 hours, they throw you in cuz they want to make sure within your 40 hours that you're ready for this like mm. i know not everyone can do this job i know it's a little bit of a little bit of a different one but I, honestly like the the formaldehyde is a weird smell but like the actual bodies themselves don't really have like it's 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 kind of a weird smell if i, I and then you have to like even your clothes, when you go home, you have to like make sure you change your clothes. You have to make sure you kind of like take everything off before you go in the house or else you'll bring that smell in with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. oh yeah. man, yeah. man, man. Yeah. <laughs> and
0: this is what you want to do. This is what I want to so do. So this is really cause you lost a brother and, and yeah, that experience yeah. for you. And I just
1: find like, for me, it's just like, I, I know death is weird for people. Death is awkward, death is weird. And I find for myself, I've dealt with a lot of death in my life. Mm. Um, I've had for people that i knew passed away in my grade 12 year from suicide. I uh, had a younger brother that passed away when i was about 5 or 6. I and then my brother that just passed away in 2016. So i've kind of been around it and i not that i'm like um, immune to it. Like obviously i i still grieve and i still get sad, but i feel like for me i'm able to talk about it in a better light. Like even when i bring up my brother like Brandon and i I don't really cry about it like it's almost like he was awesome he was great like because every day for him was like go get him like he BMXed day he snowboarded every day so it's like for me it's almost like preserving that life for someone and preserving them after death
0: mm. yeah wow yeah. so one of the things uh, you know these days about climate change one of the things is now, people are doing these like burials that's yeah. like climate friendly do you know do you know about this? I uh, do
1: you mean like the like when they put the bodies in like a tree yeah, or, yeah. you know,
0: like so it, you know,
1: I think that's to do. I haven't learned that quite yet, oh, okay. but I think that's I think what they do is they probably, oh, you mean the pods, and they bury them inside the pods, right, and, and, they come, and it's they're supposed
0: like... to be like.
1: Like it's like a compost, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I actually saw that recently on a video wow. of them doing that. Yeah, so I basically I think it's almost like decomposition, because like they they call it when someone, so when someone passes away, they call it decomp, basically, because like they're decomposing. So I think that what they do is they put them in the pods and then they're basically put. Not that they would put compost on them, but I think they put in materials that will make them compost. Oh my
0: god! Yeah, <laughs> and, then, and then, but but okay, so that that's one part, but um now that you are now starting the thing, yeah. when will you be like Done. two years
1: it's a two-year course so wow. basically after my so the actual schooling is two years so once my two years is up um i have a contract with the arbor because they're paying for my school which is like that's good on me cool. i know so that means
0: they're really good yeah I mean, they're uh,
1: amazing arbor memorial is absolutely amazing though even the way they respect the bodies in the, in the prep room like they're very respectful and that's what made me gravitate towards them like when your loved one goes into arbor memorial i feel like it's like Oh. <laughs> I'm like, I <laughs> but like i feel like when the body, like I, I, since i've seen it they have respect for your loved one your your loved one goes in there they are cut they're giving them the, the dignity cloth and like they treat their bodies very nicely and kindly they're not just like throwing them around they're like bringing them back through. And it's kind of funny, one of my colleagues, Richard, actually like talks to them, like, he's like, all right, Kathy, your friend's coming, you have a new your new roommate today. So like, I feel like with that kind of work, you almost have to make light of the situation and mm. laugh together to kind of like get through it. Cause obviously it's a heavy thing. I know I'm gonna have days where it's gonna be, I'm gonna have days where it's gonna be heavy and days where I'm gonna leave there and it's gonna bother me or but I have to like, just know why I'm doing it and like what the process is.
0: So do they always dress that good? Oh, he's only during the funeral, like in suits and everything. So
1: they do wear that all the time. Like, <laughs> yeah, they wear them all the time. Like Richard... And my colleagues, Mark, like when I go in there, they're always wearing suits. Oh my God. <laughs> Even Richard's in the prep room, like preparing your loved one in a suit. <laughs> yeah. He takes off his jacket, but he, and then everything's like, everything's very sterilized. And like in the prep room, it's very clean back there. Like everything's sterilized, everything's clean. Like, and yeah. So, yeah, they're always wearing, they're always looking spick and span. Like, wow.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so you have the life, but yeah. then you have this, this other life. Yeah. Right. So, how did you get into, All these weird things you do with (laughs) fire. So
1: another, back to my brother again, it's really funny. Um, In 2016, my brother passed away. And I met a guy named Josh at a a festival and his father passed away in a very traumatic helicopter accident. And he did fire. And I was like, I watched him do fire and I was like, I want to do fire. When you say he did fire, what do you mean? He was a fire fire performer, fire spinner. And that was in 2016. And... He was grieving, I was grieving. He's like, you want to move to BC with me? I was like, sure. I literally went home and packed up all my stuff and moved with him a week later to BC and just started fire spinning through there. <laughs> 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 That's insane. Okay. Yeah.
0: OK, so you went to BC. Yep. What, what does the fire spinning entail?
1: So I, I'm a professional fire spinner. So I eat fire, I breathe fire. I hulu fire. Oh,
0: wait, what's the difference between eating and breathing?
1: So breathing fire is when you put lamp fuel in your mouth. It's a different, like different, um, like material. So it's a lamp oil, and you put it in your mouth, and you're breathing it. Tor- so you're basically taking the torch, which I have right there, and you're basically taking it and you're breathing it so it makes a huge flame. But with fire eating, I'm taking the actual fire torch and I'm putting it in my mouth and I'm eating it. And I can do like candles, I can do like things like that. I can do flushing. So I take the torch and I flush it up my arm without it burning and things like that.
0: What do you mean by without it burning? It is
1: firing yeah, your skin. Yeah, I don't get burned. It's, it's, it's all in science. It's the way you do it. It's science. <laughs>
0: yeah even so it doesn't hurt when you swallow no
1: i don't feel it i it's if you have to do because i was taught by a professional i was taught by joseph kerr who's the world record holder in las vegas so i would for myself i teach i can teach fire hoop i can teach other things but i would never teach fire eating to somebody because it's very dangerous like if i ate it the wrong way or if, if it went down my esophagus i'm Which is kind of funny. It kind of circles back to my career as a fortune. (laughs) (laughs) So kind of in a first full circle moment. So
0: I mean, okay, okay. Yeah. Um. Wow. Okay. So (laughs) how long were you in BC for? And
1: I was in BC for about three months. Yeah, and then I moved back home, and then I moved back to Toronto, Nova Scotia, which is my home, Um, and then I moved to Halifax about seven, probably seven years ago now.
0: And did you like start your business right away? Or? My Lumin
1: Lux Productions. Mm-hmm. So I actually just started Lumalux Productions this year. Huh. Yeah.
0: And what you doing in those years since?
1: Um, I've been doing a professional... I've just been a professional performer. So I just uh, been
0: like with a yeah. So I, I do or? yeah
1: I do burlesque. I do um flow. So wait, burlesque? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. dress
0: yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yes, I do burlesque, I do flow, I work with Serpentine Studios, I also work with Luminosity Circus, so in that span I was working with other production companies, and I was like, I want to start my own, so I started my own. What
0: what was the reason?
1: That I wanted to start my own? Mm -hmm. Because I wanted to be able to make my own rules, and I find, for myself, I was, I like to see, because with burlesque, it's a very intimate thing, and I was kind of tired of seeing the same bodies, same... Races same type of people on stage and I wanted to make a production company. That's inclusive to everybody So a big part of my shows is I want different body types different races. I want to see different um, Genders on my stage. So that's what basically what Lumen Lux Productions is about.
0: Okay, so you're like I'm tired of seeing all this and um, What was the process of setting up your own production?
1: So basically, I um so I do drag and burlesque shows. So that's basically what Lumenlux Productions is. And I emailed Indulge Nightclub, who um, does drag shows there. And I was like, I want to make a show here. And I did. And my first show sold out. And my second show sold out. So I did. My first show was called Love of Lights. It was a, just a variety drag and burlesque show. My second show was a Halloween, halfway to Halloween show. Both of them sold out. And then my third show was. Wait. My third show was a circus show that I just did at the Sioris Tavern, which was amazing. The cast was amazing. It was actually probably my favorite show I've ever done. And I actually have another show coming up on September 24th.
0: It was it planet. It's
1: called Cult Class. Oh, no, I did Planet Pride. Yeah, you're right. So I'm forgetting all my shows here. I do a lot, okay? Right, right, right. (laughs) And you still have
0: time to prepare people to get back. Exactly, exactly.
1: And then I have another show coming up September 24th called Cult Classics.
0: What is that one going to be?
1: Um so it's a it's a basically like a movie movie show, so it's um fear and loathing, pulp fiction, um Jennifer's body. So it's all the cult classics as stage acts.
0: Okay, so let's rewind. Yeah. Now, okay, you start your production you're like, I want to do this. Yeah. What is the process of setting up a show?
1: I just I basically I I do casting calls, so I will call out on Facebook or Instagram be like this is cuz I I've been performing for 7 years, so I'm like this is what I this is what I'm looking for for my show and then I will get emails. So for my last show I actually got about 50 emails for my cult classic show and I will go through the submissions and I will pick pick the submissions I want, and then I'll send out rejection e- reject. I don't say rejection, as doesn't like I reject you, but re- emails as in, like, maybe next time apply again. Mm-hmm. And then I'm actually doing my next one with the Seahorse. So I email the Seahorse, so Kyle McCracken actually runs the admissions for Seahorse there, mm-hmm. and I am e- email Kyle, and then now I'm doing the show there. So basically that's just how it works. You kind of, like, have to email back and forth with different places. Okay,
0: so now how do you decide the people that are going to be your cast and the people that don't make the cut?
1: Um, a lot to do with, I liked a lot of detail in submissions. I liked to you to tell me your costume ideas. I like you to tell me how you want to start your act. I liked the music. And like a lot of my stuff, I like it to be a, kind of different from what people have seen before. So, yeah.
0: Okay, so you narrow it down, then what?
1: Then I send them an email. I said, hey, I want you in my show. And then we, I make a group chat on Instagram with all the performers. And then I actually get um, my posters made up by someone named Queer Bang. Um, they make all my posters. They, Interesting Yeah, name. <laughs> it's drag queen. <laughs> yeah, they make all my posters. They make all my, and I actually get templates made up for each performer. So the template will say cult classics, then the performer name, and then it'll have like a performer bio. And then every time I promote one of the performers it will have like their little bio underneath and then I'll have my ticket link in my bio for people to buy tickets for the show.
0: Mm. Yeah. How do you price your tickets?
1: Um, I do my tickets. I really want my tickets to be fair because I know with this day and age everyone's broke. <laughs> we're all broke. We all have <laughs> no money even as a full-time performer, full-time worker. We're all broke. <laughs> so I usually like to keep it at $18. A lot of the shows are like $20, $25. So I'm like if I keep it around 18 I think that's fair for everybody. Mm. So I do $18 beforehand and then I do 25 at the door. So get your tickets beforehand. Because, yeah, 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 yeah. Way better to get it beforehand. Okay.
0: Okay, so do you need to see the artists before the show or Um a
1: lot of the performers I do know. Like I've just like I've been in the industry in Halifax now for 7 years. So a lot of these performers that apply, you know, I actually had a lot of new performers that I never knew before apply. Um so Honestly, like, I'm looking for anybody. It's not just people that perform before or people that I know. Like, I'm looking for an array of different talents. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, um, you kind of let them do their things. Are you ever going to do a show where it's like you plan everything from beginning to end?
1: Um, so, actually, I have a, a friend, a really good friend's named Atlantic Boylesque. They are an amazing production company, and they plan the most intricate, like intricate shows I've ever seen like they write scripts they write everything from beginning to end and I kind of want to do one sometime and like I was th- I was talking to my friend Oliver Twisted who does a lot of the um, they, they're they're one of the co-producers of Atlantic Boylesque, and I was talking about how I maybe want to team up with them someday because mm. it's a, that would be a lot to do on my own. Like they're a group, they're a group of about ten of them that I'll do it together. Oh. And I think on my own it might be a little difficult, but if I teamed up with another production company, I think that would be really doable. So Atlantic Boylesque, look out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you do the burlesque and yeah. the fire and stuff. Yeah. Is that if you had to pick only one, Ooh. which one would it be?
1: Wow! Oh man, that's a really hard one because I'm—I actually mix um, burlesque and fire together. So I just wait. You- yeah, <laughs> I do. I do burlesque and fire together. Yeah. That's-
0: okay. Well, yeah, you're really good at watch Because I'm like, yeah. are you not gonna get burned? No,
1: no. So I, I actually I'm per- I'm performing at Future Forest next weekend, and I'm doing um, to one of the headliners, a hundred drum. I'm doing fire eating burlesque. Is what my thing is, and I just got booked in Montreal, and I'm doing um, fire eating burlesque at the Wiggle Room in November. And that's a sneak peek because no one else knows that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So, what do you? How do you practice?
1: Um, basically, I, I, to do fire, you need to have a fire safety with you. You never should do fire really by yourself. Um, so, I, my friend Lauren Sweeney, who you actually had on the show, Pendragon Flow Arts. They are my fire safety, so we'll practice together and they're actually doing my fire tech for my shows for my
0: what does the fire safety actually do? So
1: basically they have a fire blanket and then they will they have a fire blanket and a fire extinguisher and they will stand beside and they just say because like fire is unpredictable. It's a you get you get danger pay because you get paid a lot to do fire. And basically just say I lit my lip on fire or I let it's part of my skin or my hair. They would take the fire blanket and they would come up to me, not push it up on me because that creates oxygen, but they would take the blanket and they would put it over and they would pull down because that would pull the fire down off me instead of like pushing it up towards me and i yeah so there's
0: like a whole training for that yeah
1: yeah so i actually taught lauren um how to do fire safety but lauren's been in the industry for a long time and like um i've been teaching them all kinds of stuff to do with like fire because they actually want to learn fire themselves eventually
0: (laughs) okay um and i guess now you have your own production company and stuff And all these things you do, how do you balance your time?
1: Uh, It's called ADHD. (laughs) 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 Yeah, literally, I just kind of like... I'm like a Rolodex of things I have to do. So even today, um, this morning, I'm coming to do your podcast with you. And I'm performing tonight with Serpentine Studios for a wedding. So basically, I prioritize... When I'm starting out my... I'm a very busy person. When I start out my week, I kind of like put everything... This is what I'm doing this day. This is what I'm doing that day. And I just make sure I prioritize my very important things in my life because I I treat myself professionally. I do myself in a professional manner. And my performing means the world to me. And I go to shows in a professional performing way. So I always make sure that I'm prioritizing that.
0: Okay. So, I mean, I'm going to let you go know, because yeah. you have a busy day. But yeah. before you go, though, as you... I think I have to answer myself. But I'm just going to ask anyway. Yeah. Why do you... I guess, love doing all these things you do.
1: I just... uh, I've always been a performer growing up. I was actually a competitive cheerleader for 10 years. Like, I competed in, like, Massachusetts, Florida. And, like, I've always, like, been one of those kids that are like, look at me. (laughs) And now I'm, like, doing it on stage. Like, any performer that says that they don't love attention is lying. (laughs) They are lying. And I just love what I do. I love creating new acts. I love being able to present myself and express my emotions on stage. I feel like whenever I... Make a new act or do something new. It's an expression of how I feel on the inside. So mm. I just feel like I'm getting to be on stage and everyone gets to see how I feel on the inside. But, mm. oh, sorry, on the okay. outside. Smack my earphones. <laughs> <leg. laughs> but yeah, I just get to see how I feel on the inside and I'm expressing it on the outside. Okay. Yeah.
0: I, I said that was the last time, but I kind of let you go without at least yeah. seeing the fire. Thing. Uh, yeah. Uh, you I'm do curious a bit about of fire? that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's
1: do it. All right.